Okay, Tzorayim Tov, we continue learning the Sefer Bayam Darkecha, and we hope to finish up the last part for the month of Elul. We're on the fourth chapter, and we discussed this idea of meditating on Yichudim, meditating on certain holy names of Hashem, and understanding what those names mean, and how that will help us, Hashem will help us with our Avodah Hashem, and we preface, yes, although it's quite mystical, but it has very practical benefits. And we quickly did it yesterday. So, to, yes, uh, but since then I've had time to make a little sheet of paper. If you want, I can give you a copy of this. You can put it next to your stender and spend some time meditating on this. And we talked about the three names of Hashem. The one that's the yud Hey vav Hey. And the way it is fully spelled out, each letter, Yud is Yud Vav Dalid, Hey is Hey Yud, Vav is Vav Alav Vav, Hey is Hey Yud. That's one way of filling all the letters of Hashem's name, which comes out to Gematria of 63. And what you would do is just look at this and just think about that. And we had another name of Hashem, Eh, Hyeh, Alef Hey Yud Hey. And that's how you spell Aleph and Hey and Yud and Hey comes out to 161. And then we said the last thing is the Yud Hey Vav Hey, but with different filling letters. Yud is the same, but instead of Hey Yud, it's Hey Hey. Instead of Vav Aleph Vav, it's Vav Vav. And we get the number Bain or 52. These are three of the, we call Yehudim unifying names of Hashem. Two different ways to fully spell Hashem's name, yud heh vav heh, and four ways, one way to fully spell out the aleph heh, yud heh, name of Hashem. Yes, I could. And the idea of a meal, we call this a milui, a filling. Because milui means we're revealing what's inside of it. In other words, when I look at the yud, What's inside the Yud? It's a Vav Dalit. The letter Yud is pronounced Yud Vav Dalit. So although I just see a Yud on the outside in a Hebrew schumish, I see a Yud, but the Yud has got Vav Dalit. There's more to the letter than what you see. And that's how reality is. There's more. Hashem creates a world with the letter Yud, but what you see, there's much more than what you see. There's something beneath that. That's the mealy. That's the richness. That's the fullness of those letters. Okay. Yeah. So then at the start of the prayers, why don't we say Leshem Yechud? I mean, I say it. Uh, Shem Yechud is a different thing. Oh. Shem Yechud is telling me what I'm trying to, I'm beginning to do this mitzvah, and I want to do it for the sake of reuniting the Shekhinah and Hashem. Wow. Here we're talking about okay. things that we're thinking about, and they awoke, they arouse God's help and assistance because we connect more to these ideas. So now we're gonna, we're gonna explain what does each name represent and what we should be thinking about when we're scanning and looking at these names and how they are uniquely designed for Elul. Okay, so let's start. <coughs> and I've made this, we'll call it the four steps. Four steps. Of course you remember, that's what you guys mentioned. One and three look the same. Yeah, that's what They're not. Uh, one and three. One and three? 
and not the same. One and four is the same. One and four is the same. One and two are not, one and three are not the same because the milui is different. Yud is Yud Vavdal, but hey could be hey Yud, or it could be hey hey. And Vav could be Vav Vav, or Vav Aleph Vav. That's how you get different numbers come out. So the name of Hashem can be filled in different ways. What's the difference? We're going to explain. Okay, this, this is the point. So let's start with the idea of the regular name of Yud Hey Vav Hey, the regular name, filled in with the Yuds and the Aleph, gets to the number 63. That name of Hashem teaches us that all reality comes from Hashem. Because Yudai Vav is from the word Mahavet, brings into reality. That when you scan Yudai Vav and with the richness of these letters, this means Hashem is the source of everything. Okay? And if He's the only reality, then what has to happen is we don't have a reality and we have beetle, we are nullified before Hashem. The, na- the name Aleph Hey Yud Hey teaches us about, to, it's like I will be, I will be. Hashem says I will be what I will be. So a person knows that that shows, that it's talking about our longing and our fire to serve HaKadosh Baruch That's what it represents. That I can be something like Hashem says I can be something. And that means we yearn to give Hashem some naches and get close to him. That we're able to do something. And here's the trick. These are the two different names of Hashem. And we have to unify them. How do we unify them? With this next way of, of, of describing Hashem. The yud hey vav hey, but a little different filling. Which comes out to 52. And that will t- show us the perfect service of Hashem. So the point is like this. When I'm focusing on the first two names, on the one hand, I am focusing that I totally don't have any reality but Hashem. Because it's all from, from Hashem. That name helps if I think about it, concentrate and meditate on it. It says Hashem is all reality. But on the other hand, I have to still have an excitement to give Hashem nachas ruach and to come to and to be something. And you merge those two feelings together we now come up with number three is this other name of Hashem, which is called the Beis Nun, or 52 uh, n- number of Hashem. And that means we accept the yoke of heaven. In other words, a person should accept upon himself in the month of Elul to actually serve Hashem with actual behaviors, but it has to be in a way where we're merging the first name of Hashem and the second name of Hashem to produce a reality that I am actively doing what Hashem wants me to do on his behalf. And therefore we act like a servant before his master with a lot of effort. Okay, but not, you know, dried out that I have to do it because, oh, I'm a nothing and Hashem is everything, so I better do it anyway. But I'm really not doing anything anyway, so what does it matter what I do? So I won't put a lot of heart into it. No, you have to bond both ideas. Although ultimately I don't do anything because Hashem is doing it all, but He still has given me existence. And if He has given me existence, then I'm obliged to do what I'm supposed to do. 
And if he makes me an ambassador of Hashem, I have to be an ambassador of the greatest way. And this is almost like it's a trick. If you're saying Hashem gives me all reality, it's all from him. Everything I have is from him. And not just he, he gave it to me and left. No, he's constantly giving me energy. He hasn't left me. He's constantly giving me energy, 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 energy. It's all him. Whatever I'm going to do, ultimately it's coming from him. But still, I have the greatest pleasure of being able to give Hashem nachas by me choosing to do what Hashem wants me to do with excitement, with the powers that he gives me. And that accepts the yoke of heaven. And therefore, we still can have some feeling of of worth, self-worth, that comes from a Kodesh Baruch Hu. So when we think about these names, these names, they arouse us to have the proper view of ourselves, not to get over excited about an arrogant, yet to work with all the effort necessary to produce the final result is to accept the yoke of heaven in this world and to bring that reality out. So what really is happening is you have to hold both extremes together. These are extremes. On the one hand, to yearn, to want to do, but usually we only want to do things when I'm the one who's doing it and I'm getting the credit. But here, no, to nullify yourself and realize it's all come from Hashem, yet I want to do it with all the excitement as if I'd be doing it it's myself. So on the one hand, to give all the effort that's possible with you and to get excited, but on the other hand, only from a sense of true beetle, knowing that really by yourself you can't do anything, but Hashem is giving you all this ability, and that's what the name of Hashem's name is saying. It's all from Hashem, and really I'm not doing anything independently, but I'm doing it with power on loan from Hashem. And that will make sure what you're doing is done to perfection. Not with arrogance, but because of a knowledge that I am a tool in the hands of Hashem. Like I'm the microphone, as we said that analogy. The microphone doesn't get carried away that it gave a great speech. Because he knows the speaker is the one who was speaking, but you were the microphone to make that happen. So when a person acts that way from a sense of beetle, he will always succeed and he'll do things with calm and deliberation. He won't feel pressure. He won't get angry. He won't feel broken if things don't work out. Why do we usually feel broken when we fail? Why do we get angry when things don't go our way? Because we think it's our way and we're doing it and we're investing ourselves and now we feel critical of ourselves or criticized and you think you're a failure, or if you succeed, you may come to arrogance. But that all comes out of feeling that I'm a somebody. And the more you think you're a somebody, that you're doing it, and everything depends on you, then you feel all this pressure on you. But that's the false understanding of reality, because the reality is even a person who starts doing things for the sake of Hashem, but if he doesn't remember the idea of beetle, then what will eventually happen is you'll stumble onto your own somethingness. You'll take it away from the initial good thought and it will be something more self-serving. And you'll think more and more that you're the one who's doing it and you'll forget about Hashem. Therefore, we need a whole month, 30 days of Elul, over and over and over, 
to work with these three aspects of doing things actually with the blend of beetle and excitement. The one had to remember the name of the 63 of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, which shows that Hashem does everything and therefore there's a sense of beetle. With the other aspect of the 161, which is the Aleph Hey Yud Hey name that shows that you're a fire trying to do the best and you're running to do everything as you can. And really, this is a thing we should be doing all year long. But especially when we come to the month of Elul, where a person wants to do tshuva, and you think about how we've done Averos during the whole year, and we see that I'm not the way I'm supposed to be, and I'm full of sin, and tithes, and lusts, and mistakes, so now you have to really, it's so important in the last month to enter the world of Beatles, self-nullification. And to know that from yourself you can't do anything. But only Hashem can save you. When a person merits to understand this, then he can give himself over to Hashem with a, with a true heart, with true Beatle, and he will wait with a broken heart for Hashem's salvation. And it doesn't matter when he merits this. He knows the main thing is the beetle and the cleaving to Hashem. The successes and the great levels, that all depends on Hashem. It all depends on Hashem. And therefore, the month of Elul, we try to increase our avoda. Of, 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 of accessing this beetle and not just thinking about it but doing it because remember Elul is the preparation for Rosh Hashanah that's the day we coronate the king and we start the next essay next week about Rosh Hashanah you're going to see how important beetle is in order to coronate the king over us and in order to coronate the king on Rosh Hashanah we need to have developed the tools in the month of Elul to be able to make a proper coronation and to appoint the king as it were and when we make the kingdom that becomes an action that we're going to do on Rosh Hashanah but we got to be ready to do this and therefore to merit that we have to develop the sense of Beetle, we have to work on it and daven for it but there's an extra avoda and that is to increase Beetle, your own Beetle not just before Hashem but before your teachers and before your friends. That's how you develop the tool. In other words, how do I nullify myself before others? Now, how do I show humility? Not false humility, true humility. When you look at another Jew, what do you see? Do you see just another person? And if he's not such a richly developed person, you may tend to not respect him so much. What do you see in that other Jew is a portion of God on high. And what I see is there's an ambassador to God over there. And he doesn't have his independent reality either. I see divinity inside this person. So now he doesn't see him as a separate person. Okay. Because otherwise, if I think I'm somebody and he's his own somebody, then I can feel distance from him. And I won't necessarily give him any honor. I might not even like him. 
But if you look at his root, his root and your root is the same root. I have nothing to be jealous about this guy. He's, he, whatever he does is what Hashem enabled him to do. I have nothing to be arrogant about. I have nothing to fear. That guy's going to be better than me. Nobody's better than anybody. We all share that divine root. And when I can nullify myself before somebody else, then I can nullify myself before Hashem because it's a big rule in serving Hashem that all the connections we have in this world, whether they're connection of friends or family, is only to arouse our truest connection to Hashem above. So if we strengthen ourselves in relationships in Elul, like Ani Ladodi Vidodi Li, it's all relationships. Then you show beetle there, then you'll be able to enable the beetle before HaKadosh Baruch And if you spend a whole month working on this, then you can yearn to, as they say, try to emulate Hashem. But you want to emulate Hashem from acts of beetle, but not thinking that you're the one who's actually doing this. That's the depth of Ani Lidodi Ulidodi Li, as we show you on the screen over right at the bottom. On the one hand, Ani Lidodi, I am for my beloved, which is this yearning and this desire to get close to Hashem. And that's the idea of the Aleph Hey Yud Hey, that I'm yearning and I want to and I can give Hashem a lot of nachas. But on the other hand, you got to know it's Ulidodi Li. That Hashem is everything, and I have no independent reality. And that's the feeling of the yud Hey vav Hey to make the number 63. And we combine the two of them together, then we open up the path for the Shekhinah to arrive, to accept the yoke of Hashem, and behave in such a fashion. And there's a beautiful hint to this. There's a Pasuk in the Prophets that says, Hanosein Bayom Derech, Hashem places a path in the sea. We're talking about the path of tshuva. And why is it a path in the sea as opposed to a road? You know, I don't know why. Because a road, everybody takes the same road. Everyone takes the same road. But when you're going by boats and taking a path through the sea, not everybody goes directly on the same path. You can be a little bit off this way. You can be a little off that way. Everyone takes their own path. Hashem helps us with the path. Now let's look at the Makriyas. The Gamacha of Bayom is 52. 52. There it is. 52. Derech is a combination. It's 224, which is a combination of 63 plus 161. It's 224. So what is that saying? That Hashem provides us by Yom. Hashem provides us a way to actually serve Hashem in the greatest way of accepting the yoke of heaven. Baderach with the combination of these two attributes of doing it with full excitement but realizing that it's nothing, it's all from Hashem. And that's the whole aspect of tshuva. Hanosein bayom derech. Hashem gives us a pathway in the sea. So to summarize, and this is something we should be working on, every Jew has to accept upon himself to work to the best of his ability. That's the 52. To serve Hashem in the best way possible through the blending of being on fire to Hashem, which is the Yichud of Aleph Hey Yud Hey, but coming from Beetle to recognize inside that everything you have is from Hashem, and when you can do that all, then you will have 
Simcha. Why will you have simcha? Because when you have simcha is when you're not worried. I'm happy. I'm only a messenger of Hashem. I'm not responsible for the results. My responsibility is to do the best I can. And if you do the best you can, then you have to be happy. Right? So therefore, even though the whole month we should think about this Yehudim, we should have a set time at least once a day to have this little piece of paper in front of us and think of this yichud, this unification. It could be right before you finish the Amida by Elokai Nitzor. You want to make your private petitions. And you say something like this while you're looking at it. You could say, Hashem, merit for me for the light that you put into Elul. And that light in Elul is where I'm able to combine the aspects of realizing I'm nothing, but I'll give you all my efforts. At the end of the day, realizing it's always nothing, and then I'll be able to have the bayom derech, where I'll be able to succeed in working and doing things for Hashem with Kabbalah's all. Finally, then we'll take questions. But therefore, he suggests, although there's three names, he says there should be three steps, and one of them gets repeated. He says, first, you always start with Beetle. And therefore, concentrate on this name of Hashem, which comes out to 63. First starting point is Hashem is the only source of reality. Now, he gives me power. He gives me power, but it's his power. And I have to recognize that's all Hashem's power. Number one, no arrogance, none of that business. Okay, once you have that beetle, now you got to say, and with that power, I'm going to give everything I can with that power. That's the second name of Hashem. The Aleph Hey Yud Hey name of Hashem. You're on fire. And while that's in fire, you say, now I want to combine the two of them to get this the other connection of Hashem, which means the yoke, accepting the yoke of Hashem. And then finally, just to make sure you don't slip again, and when you're done and you see some success or you've really worked hard, say, but at the end of the day, I didn't do anything. Remind yourself. At the end of the day, you didn't do anything. Now, the author concludes and says the virtue of this, we call this a yichud, a way of identifying the, uh, these, there's many names of the unity of Hashem, but these three in particular is the way to open up the gates for the month of Elul. Whenever we're saying all these words is really meant to bring us tshuva and mercy. And the main thing that Hashem wants with us and the main path to succeed is through this bitul and yearning for Hashem. Because that's what it's all about. We said, you want to have rachamim from Hashem? You want rachamim? Well, what about all the mistakes I made? The Averis was because I didn't have complete idea of bitul. I was not 100% on the page, as we explained earlier this week and last week. The mistakes come from my erroneous way of thinking. So now what do I want to do? These Yehudim are to straighten out my mind. And therefore, these Yehudim are a very powerful tool to invest in because these names have the power to open our hearts and to have the feelings enter them. And besides reminding us of what we should be on uh, task for, but you, we have to make many efforts, okay? Now, a person tries many times for this Yehud and he may feel he have not succeeded 
Okay, I, I did this a couple. I don't see a difference. Don't give up hope. Keep trying more and more until Hashem will have mercy on you and open up things for you. Okay, now that I finished the chapter, I can take any questions you want. So, Rabbi, is this to be concentrated in the month of Elul only? I'm sorry? In the month of Elul only? Well, this is the special one for Elul. When we get to blowing shofar, we're going to be thinking about other things. Okay, remember, we're tr- Elo, we're trying to prepare ourselves for Rosh Hashanah. We haven't gotten to Rosh Hashanah yet. But to, if you, just like you want to come to the coronation of a king, you have to clear security. Right? There's a lot of things you have to make sure that you're able to come. So you want to be somebody who's really, and, 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 what you, and what you do at the coronation is meaningful. That's only if you're developing these tools. Therefore, we have 30 days to develop this tool. And now what's going to happen? Well, hopefully all your Averos will be gone. Remember, the whole point, we want the Averos gone before the coronation. You don't want to wait until the coronation because then God says, who are you to coronate me when you rebel against me? So we want to be ready for the coronation. And ready for the coronation means that I've done tshuva. How do I do tshuva? I'm re-focusing on what my root understandings are. And it's these three names of Hashem that you're, we're desperately trying to come in touch with. And therefore, when you come in touch with those realities, what's the first thing we're going to do? Tshuva. We're going we're gonna to regret deeply these things because they came from the wrong place. And now how are we going to develop it? By doing it. How do I do it? I work on Beetle. Before Hashem, before others. I work on it by showing Rachamim to others. Because if I have Beetle on myself, then I can forgo my honor and have mercy on someone else. These all get us ready for now Rosh Hashanah. Now, we've got a three, four minutes, so I'll just uh, whet your appetite for Rosh Hashanah, which, remember, there's no class tomorrow and Thursday. Mitch, I'm going to be out of town. Monday, we'll get into Rosh Hashanah, and I hope that we only have two weeks until Rosh Hashanah. I hope we can get that done and then do the next section, which is on the Sarasimei Tshuva, and then the next section on Sukkot. It's a a bold undertaking. Hashem should help us. But on page Samach Aleph in my book, he gives us a little one-pager and we call in the prayers we say about Rosh Hashanah, this is the day of the beginning of your actions. Because going back to the first Rosh Hashanah when man was created. On Rosh Hashanah, what happens is every Rosh Hashanah is a new kingdom is pronounced. A new world is created. As we say, Hayom Haras Olam. Today is the conception of the world. Not only 5,784 years ago the world was conceived. The world is going to be conceived again in another couple weeks. The new year is not just a simple continuation of the past year, but it's a new and deeper connection with the people to their king, and that's considered something brand new. And this year we want to connect ourselves with Hashem in a new, fresher way, on a higher level, on a deeper level, in a way that we never had before. And that means on Rosh Hashanah, we take the first step to connect with the king and we accept the kingdom of heaven from a deeper inner recognition. And therefore we blow the shofar 
which is a, an announcement that we are happy with and want the kingdom of Hashem, as we'll explain, and how deep that announcement really is that we have to understand. And therefore, we want to, and our job, and our real job for the coming year, like every year, is to reveal God's greatness in this world and repair the world with God's kingdom. So as he begins the first chapter, and I believe they also, I think there's four chapters over here, lots of charts. Uh, first chapter, before he gets to the first subcategory, he says, every Jewish heart has feelings when it comes to hearing the shofar. We feel the, the great level of the shofar. But there's a lot to understand of what it really means. What's the true essence of the blowing of the shofar? And a lot of people are yearning to know what should we really be thinking about? What should we be feeling when the shofar notes are sounded? We say after we blow the shofar a verse from Psalms, Ashrei ha'am, fortunate of the people, yodei trua, who know the trua sound. We want to merit to be the people who understand this. Now, by the way, if the first day is on Shabbos and we don't blow, it's still what we call a zikron trua, a remembrance of the trua. So the feeling should still be the same with or without a shofar. Even though there's no action of the shofar to arouse us, but the same coronation should be happening without the shofar blowing. And therefore, what the tzaddik is going to do will continue to give us a lot of the special kavonas that were uh, revealed to us by the Rashash, Rab Sholom Sharabi, who lived in the 18th century. He's a great Makobal. And he wrote down, now he wrote very, very deep mystical stuff we won't understand, but the Tzadik here is going to give it to us in a way we can appreciate. And therefore, to, that all Jews can understand what are the inner thoughts we should have. Because when we say, Ashrei Ha'am, fortunate people who know the true, I mean, know what it's really about, the Pasuk continues, and Be'or Panecha, in the light of your face, Yalechu, they walk in it. And therefore, if we proper utensils to rec- we're ready to receive, now we have to know what are we supposed to be thinking when the shofar is blowing? What does the shofar really symbolize? What's its kiyash farm trua? You've heard all kinds of nice little cute ideas, but now we're going to be consistent in getting the depths of what it is. That's what we'll talk about in Mirzah next Monday, what exactly we are declaring and how the shofar helps us to achieve that. Mm-hmm.